Welcome to another episode of The Russian Sisters. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are The Russian Sisters. We are back for hey. another episode. How's it going? Hi, everyone. Hello. Hope you've had a fabulous week since we last talked with you. Absolutely. How are you? I have realized that I need to say absolutely every time we start. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm great. I'm actually doing very well. Thank you. How are you? Well, Alexandra, before we get started with yes. the how am I, mm. I feel like I kind of need to give a disclaimer for this upcoming episode because mm. how I am is tied to some events that I recently went through. Yes. And those events have to do with some sensitive topics. Yes, they do. So we kind of want to put an asterisk or like a caution sign in mm-hmm. front of this episode and and say, if you have been dealing with some hard stuff lately, there might be some things in this episode that might trigger you. So we just wanted to give you a heads up about that. I think that was done very nicely and politely. Well, thanks. Yeah. I try to approach things diplomatically. You are very good at wordsmithing things, wordsmithing things, especially on sensitive topics. Thank so, you. yeah. Do you know I wanted to be a diplomat? Did you really? I wanted to be a foreign attache. At the time, I, I didn't did know what know that, that meant. But now that I have friends who work for the State Department, I was like, I'm like that. That traveling, spending some yeah. time in different countries. Gabe. Yeah. Yeah. My mm-hmm. friend Gabe, our friend Gabe, six foot eight. Gabe. Yes. Yeah. And I have another friend, Jeremy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He works for, he's in Dubai. Yeah. And so my friend Jeremy has traveled all over the world. Dubai is in the United Arab Emirates. And I didn't end up doing that because I got scared my first year of college and I didn't have a great advisor. So I'm kind of sad mm. about that. That's not necessarily the sensitive topic. No, but no. that's interesting. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. That's what I wanted to I mean, to I knew, I think... The international relations I knew, but not mm-hmm. the... Yeah, foreign affairs, international that. relations. I mean, Gay was a teacher. He taught for a while and then went and taught in American schools and then yeah. became part of the State Department. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, He got it, me looking. And into- as you know, eventually... Sorry, I talked over you. <laughs> as you know, not this episode, but maybe another time. I want to talk about how people change careers. You're never too old. Never too old. That is true. Sorry, you were saying? No, I think he was a little bit older when he took the test for the State Department. And he's the one who got me into like looking into being a school counselor in other countries. Yeah, he's a good one for that. I'm still in America, though. (laughs) You are. For now. For now. But anyway, so, okay, we did the heads up. Yeah. And so now I'm going to tell the story about like get into this a couple days in the life of Anna. Yeah, okay. I just had it rough, so uh, so this is kind of intense, but good. I think there was some really good things that came out of this story, so let's get into it. Okay, so as a reminder to the folks who are our listeners on a regular basis, thank you. And as info to the people who are new to our show, thank you for listening. Alexandra and I started this podcast a few months after her husband passed away and he died by suicide. And we talked about the fact that we could use our experiences to help other people and that we had been through some pretty crazy stuff in the aftermath of Sean's death. 
And we're like, hey, maybe there are some things that we have learned that could be helpful to other people. And then, hey, Alexandra, you're an occupational therapist. Maybe there are some things that you do in your daily life that other people could learn from. And I am a school counselor in a middle school. And perhaps there are some things that some knowledge that I could impart to people. Maybe there are things that other people could learn from us. And also we wanted to provide a space where we could tell people you're not alone with all all the craziness that life has to offer. You're not alone. You have us. We thought that even if we had one listener besides our mother for the podcast, that that'd be okay because we, we wanted to reach out and connect with people and impart knowledge. So anyway, with all that being said, when it comes to stuff that goes, we, we didn't want this show just to be like funny, random stuff we pull out of the air, which is what happens on many of our episodes. But sometimes it happens that we talk about more serious topics, such as the more serious things that happen in our own lives. And so what Alexandra has been alluding to is that this part of the school year where we are is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And I have been talking with my colleagues and counselors and just educators everywhere about how difficult this school year is. Mm -hmm. And we... (laughs) We thought that last school year was one of the hardest Mm -hmm. of our careers. And then I went to a conference last summer and one of the keynote speakers was like, we thought that last year with isolation and having to learn how to do our jobs differently was going to be the most difficult. But in fact, this year was going to be the most difficult because of all the residual things that we were going to be dealing with being back in person and all the things that our students had been dealing with while isolated, everything was just going to be super magnified. Mm -hmm. So that is all to say that we are exhausted. I am exhausted. I have been talking with colleagues about compassion fatigue, vicarious trauma, burnout, all the things that come with the job, the occupational hazards. And so it didn't help at this point in the school year when we're fried and we're just kind of army crawling to the end of the school year. It wasn't awesome that the the events of the last few days happened at all. And they were very trying for me, so much so that I really thought that I was broken. And I was questioning, like, what am I doing? And is this something that I can continue to do? Or, you know, how can I continue to be of service to my students, to my families, to my staff, if I am not at 100%? Oh, oh, what happened? Is that that's what you want to know what happened? Yes. Okay. I'll tell you in generalities because I don't, we don't have to talk specifics, but in essence, what happened was I had, what happened was, what that's happened a saying was. in our family a lot. What happened was I had a couple students come in to me early morning and they were really concerned because a couple of their friends hadn't shown up to school that day. And it sounds like the night before they were in conversations with each other and some drama happened or conflict happened. I'm not exactly sure, but on Friday morning, the two students didn't come to school and their friends were really worried about them. And so I spent a little bit of time talking with them through 
their fears and their sadness and just trying to get names because they didn't want to tell me who the kids were. They didn't want to make things worse. As sometimes kids have experienced when you get the adults involved and we have to report things or do things, then parents get involved and then things aren't always awesome for the students at home. But rightfully so, as I tell my kids always, it's like it takes a team of us to be of support to you. So we get them to tell me who the kids are who are not here and I confirm, nope, they are not in school. And so I start to worry given some of the things that they told me about the students who were not present, there was cause for concern about why they might not be in school. And so I start to think in the back of my mind, like, oh boy, I really hope that I can connect with parents and just confirm that the students are at home or that parents know where the students are. That would be awesome. And that they're alive. Yes, and that they're alive. Because I once the students started telling me what was going on, I really did like part of my brain was like, oh gosh, like I really hope they are alive, that this isn't about suicide and that I don't have to go into recovery mode then and start planning for how we respond to suicide. So that was going on for me as I'm trying to stay very neutral in front of my students as they are freaking out. And so I finally coaxed them into telling me who the students are so I can look up and do some digging and I send them off with a colleague of mine so I can make some phone calls. And I find out that at least one of the students is at home and parent does know where student is and they just weren't feeling well. And that's why they didn't come to school that day. And I'm like, huzzah, can I tell the kids that your student is at home? And mom's like, yep. So I was like, awesome. So I connect with the kids and I let them know that that student was at home and located And for the other student, when I called home, I didn't get in contact with any kind of parent. And so long story short for that part, we ended up calling the police to do a well check, which Mm -hmm. also isn't uncommon if we can't get in contact with families or students, we don't know where they are. And there's a concern that they might be hurting themselves or there's some sort of safety or health concern. So we do a well check. It's just part of the job. So get the well check done and discover that both students are alive and well. Again, huzzah. I'm able to tell the worried friends that both students are alive and well, and they, of course, are elated. And it was really interesting from a psychological perspective to watch them go from utter grief and just being so distraught and worried and fearful and, oh my gosh, our friends are dead to they're alive and we feel so stupid for even coming to you and saying anything because they're alive. Ha 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 ha. And and their giddiness um, was just so adrenaline driven. Oh, totally. So I go, I had about 18 other things going on that day. It was a very heavy day at school, lots of stuff, lots of meetings, lots of kids to check in with. And not too long after that initial, like I'm trying to calm myself down after the roller coaster of emotion of those two things, like thinking students are dead and we have to plan to respond to a suicide to nope, both kids are alive. Yay. Okay. We can move on with the day. And then about an hour later, one of the students comes back and it is an again in tears and had discovered that the friends who weren't at school had plotted a a prank against this person and decided that they do you have something to say? No, no, go ahead. Okay. They had decided that they were going to um, pretend or like make their friends think that they had died by suicide, ghost them. So when the friends were engaging, like trying to engage with them and ask, are you okay? Um, are you hurting yourself? Do you like, do I need to worry about you? They just ghosted them and then didn't come to school so that the friends really thought that they hurt themselves 
and died by suicide. <laughs> I'm going to pause. What? Yeah. So is that he was pretty major and this right so then while i'm trying to stay neutral and comfort this kid who just found out right in the morning we thought our friends are dead then they're alive huzzah now we find out that it was a prank pulled on this person who laughs at that who finds that i don't know funny i don't know i I don't know i'll just say that i i've heard the story and um my reaction has not been as compassionate as anna's (laughs) at all but continue. It's hard. It's really hard. And I know for the kids' sake, I had to stay neutral, right? Absolutely. And, You're very and supportive. Good. And so, and diplomatic. I had to encourage them and let them know they were doing the right thing. And sometimes the right thing is the hard thing to do, right? I don't know how many memes there are or sayings or nice little quote, pretty quote things that say sometimes doing the right thing means you find yourself on an island isolated from everyone because sometimes it's easier to do the wrong thing or make the, the bad choices. So anyway, it's a prank. This kid is devastated. We connect with parents and they end up taking the kid home because how can you do school? How are you supposed to do reading and writing and arithmetic when you are in such an emotional state? Maslow before bloom, people. Maslow before bloom. <laughs> so I'm like, we got to get this kid's needs taken care of. Just their, you know, psychological safety. Like it, get them in a stable place to do before we do so. So they take them home. And then I go about with my day. I go about my day. About with my day. I go mm. about my day. D- touching base with other students. And then another one of the friends who was there first thing in the morning comes down and is in hysterics. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like here we go again with the emotional roller coaster. Like, what the heck happened now? And this friend is like, I was there when that friend found out it was a prank and I feel horrible. And I was like, did you know it was a prank beforehand? And they're like, no, but it was just so horrible because I was trying to be there for my friend and now this whole thing, like it just blew up. And so it's really interesting. Like by that time, it was the end of the day and there wasn't really anything to do, but just console the kid and say we don't have to make any decisions about friendships right now because they're like who do I believe who do I trust one of the kids who was absent started apologizing right away for playing the joke or playing the prank or thinking it was misunderstanding and um, the the other one I don't I don't know I couldn't tell you quite honestly what happened with the other friend even though they were alive and well at home so it was just it was a hard roller coaster and by the end of the day it was like okay it's it's just time to go home and luckily this did happen on a Friday so I had I had the weekend to kind of chill out and figure myself out because I was in such a fog from the roller coaster of emotions, the highs and the lows and like the extremes, like thinking I'm going to have to get the school ready to respond to a suicide. And now I don't. And that's amazing. That's trauma. It was very traumatic. This person thought of a prank that would be hilarious and put people, multiple people of different ages and experiences into a traumatic state and then is like ha 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 yeah that and again my reaction is different but that makes my blood boil yeah well I was definitely going when I left school and I was in a fog I didn't oh I came over to visit Alexandra and Buddy and get some Buddy cuddles for a little while because yeah what is one of the greatest things or some cuddles with the toddler when when you've got some emotional stuff going on so that was really cool toddler cuddles and dinner and then I had church that night and then I went home after church that night and my dad called and was like um 
I just wanted to check on you because I didn't feel like, you know, you were looking so well and da da da. And I started bawling right away, which I was glad to have that catharsis mm. of being able to cry because I think like I teared up when, once I left school, I allowed myself to tear up here and there. But then I was like all out bawling just because my daddy asked how I was doing <laughs> and it was very sweet. <laughs> and I was very appreciative of that. So then I like kind of cry myself to sleep and say, like I was telling myself, nothing needs to happen tonight. We have the weekend to sort out our feelings, figure out like what our next steps are going to be. And then I was kind of mad because because I knew I, I couldn't just like resolve it on Friday and leave it there. It right. had to carry over the weekend and I had to pick it back up on Monday. And I didn't want to spend my whole weekend mad. And I was mad. There were, there were components to this, which caused some anger. There were uh, many components, which caused sadness. And then on Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, I allowed myself to sleep in a little bit. And then I like moved myself. I kind of like <laughs> fell off the bed and down the stairs and over to the couch in the living room and just rolled up with the blanket and some breakfast and some tea. And then stayed there for a little while in my Christmas jammies and my cozy blankets. Yeah, I did watch Encanto. <laughs> Love that movie. It's such a good movie. It's and I really cried. Cute. Also needed some catharsis there. That so is that what was we great. call self-care. Yeah, kind of. And then Alexandra called and said, hey, buddy and I are going to go for a little walk. Do you want to come? And I was like... No, because after Encanto, I had planned to do 18 episodes of Columbo. <laughs> and, but then I was like, you guys, I was like mushed into the couch. I couldn't have been further into the couch. Like I was like plastered to it with like my oily hair from the day before and my Christmas jammies. I was a hot mess, y'all. Her hot cat, mess. Her cats had to pull her off the couch. Yeah. They were like, meow, what are you doing, meow? And I'm like, I can't even do deal with you guys today. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I peeled myself. I was very grateful for then that the hand from my sister to say, let's go and get some vitamin D and go outside. So that was really cool. Yeah, well, you're welcome. So thanks for doing that. Thanks that for being there. One massive. Um, and I know I know you went and addressed all of these children, but that is one massive emotional roller coaster in a very small amount of time. Like your body can't even catch up with anything going on emotionally because you're in survival the whole time. But then even if you have a moment to step out of survival and then they're coming back to you, it just, and I told Anna, I, I was like, I don't understand how children find anything like this funny. Like there's some sort of desensitivity, to this kind of death because my initial reaction was like do we need to do some like scared straight they can come hang out with me at the cemetery they can come I, I don't mind I'll share my story because I can guarantee you it's not one that they can sit there and laugh about but yet this is considered to be an appropriate prank for kids. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Well, and I didn't either. And there's so many, right? There's so many components to this. Like not just that this happened with kids that I care deeply about. And I was so hurt, like, right. I'm an empath. I was so hurt that they were hurt. So uh, just disappointed for them and mad for them and sad for, for them as well, that they were on the receiving end of all of this. And then it caused so much distress 
and stress for them and sadness. I was like, oh, I went to that place with them. And then I had my own stuff on top of that because not only are these kids dealing with this stuff, but my brother-in-law died by suicide only a year and a half ago and change, right? So it's, it's still pretty fresh. It's still pretty recent. And oh yeah, this just like tore that scab right off and was like, hey, on a deal with your feelings about this too. You know, it just not completely because I've done a lot of work with therapists to help me through this. So I wasn't like brought right back to that day and the intensity of all the emotions. And just, you know, when I think about reaching out and and texting Sean or sending him messages of I love you, but I could imagine when this friend was reaching out to her friend and saying, I love you, are you okay? Da, da, da. And that desperation that I felt like almost immediately too. So not as acutely and intensely, but in my head, I went back to what that would be like and what that was like. I wonder too what would have happened because I have I try and have very strict professional personal lines, but I, I just want to be like I don't know, almost like shake the child and be like, I lost a loved one to suicide, and you think this is a game? You think this is funny? What on earth? What have your parent? What? What are you watching? Who is there to tell you that this is highly inappropriate and not one bit of this is funny and it's tormenting another human being so you can get some laughs while you sit at home and watch TV all day because you didn't come to school? What the heck? Not to be judgy on parents. It's a hard parenting is super hard, but what the heck? I love that I'm like fixing my language this this episode and I didn't last episode, but I'm like, man. Yeah. It and pr- you to be in the middle of it. I'm like, she's just like telling me there's some crazy stuff going on at school. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to the mattresses. Like, what on earth? Again, you have the eloquence to be able to approach these students because I wouldn't. I wouldn't have that filter. I, and this is why I'm not in your position and can't do what you do. Because there is no guarantee that I would not lose it on these children and just be like, you not only are disrespecting me and my loss, but you're disrespecting the loss of the life. You are disrespecting Sean and what he went through to get to this point because you want to sit at home and watch TV all day. Okay. So Alexandra is feeling all the feels. Mm -hmm. And right. Told you it wasn't going to be easy this episode. Oh boy. And, and believe you me, it was not easy that weekend to sift through all of that because I was, I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to remain neutral when I had to follow up with all of the kids on Monday. And you did a phenomenal job. I pray. I pray that I, I did. And I pray that I did right by these kids and was supportive and lifted them up and was what they needed me to be for them that day, but also relay messages of how serious this was and what a big deal this was. Law enforcement was involved and, and all that jazz. And honestly, if I was in your shoes, I would have just taken pictures of Sean's tombstone at the cemetery, the gravesite, and I would have just blown them up and like put them all over and then put a picture of him and made them walk through it. I know that's horrible. You guys, I know. But I would have been like, how else do we get across to you? I think we were able to relay the severity of the situation on Monday to to the students. And then I think we were able to do a good job of following up with the kids 
who needed that additional support. And I know so because they were in and out of my office throughout the day, also on Monday, working through their own emotions. I think they they probably tried to tuck them away into that box and, and be like, we don't have to see these people for the weekend. And then on Monday, when they were faced with the situation again, it just came all flooding back for them. And so they, of course, needed some more time to process through what is true, what is not. I think what shocked me too is that there are people who in this situation as what you have relayed to me was they're like, Oh man, this was pretty cruel what this person did. But, uh, you know, if I want to make it through middle school, I got to stay friends with them, which I get right. We've all, and again, I'm saying this as an adult who's had been shoved into many situations that have caused massive amounts of personal growth. And at that age, as in whatever middle school will say, I probably would have made the same, right? You want to be accepted. You want to feel like you belong. I get that. And as my nearly 40 year old self gulp, I'm like, this is, that's just ridiculous. Well, yeah. And it, this brought up for a number of the students, all sorts of things. Like it was a whale of an issue. And as Alexander said, one of the things that came up was, you know, when you're 12 and 13, we're not in our self-worth and we get our self-worth from our peers. That's just development. That's adolescent development. Unfortunately, it's something they all have to go through. And then in high school, they start leaning more on themselves. And by the time you're 40, you're really leaning on yourself and caring less what other people think. But unfortunately, it does take two and a half decades to get there. Which one of our goals, I think, with this podcast also is for anyone listening is to to say, please don't wait till you're 40 to get no. come into your self-worth. And how do you teach kids? This is something because I think about this with Buddy. How do you teach kids? You don't have to put up with toxic relationships for that sense of belonging because that sense of belonging has to come from within. Yes. I don't, I don't know other than trying to just show him with my own personal growth. But man, it kind of terrifies me of what is his middle school experience going to be like because when Anna and I were little, this kind of prank never crossed our minds. No. This was not something that we ever thought it would never be funny to play a death in any way, whether it was suicide or any, like nothing like that would have crossed our minds. Pranks. Like we, we did kind of what we thought were funny pranks. Like we would deep each other's houses, but we knew each other. It's not like we went and targeted people we didn't like. And yet this seemed so cruel and to such a level of cruelty that it's like, this is what kids are doing now. I mean, buddy has a few years before he's in middle school, but dang. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty vile. And I do have to say, I never TP'd anybody's house. <laughs> I didn't. Eggs, TP. I didn't do it. <laughs> I was such a lame. We did each other's friends' houses. I was such a lame goody two shoes, afraid of getting into trouble at all. I'm like, this will impact my ability to get into college and become a foreign attache. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Our parents foreign attache. <laughs> you TP in someone's house. Denied. Our parents in their old house, the one that they lived in when I was in high school, had this massive pine tree in the front yard. And apparently, I don't even know. I don't know if I was even home, but some of my friends came and TP'd that tree. And I think my dad walked out the front door and saw what was happening and stopped them. And I know exactly who it was to this day, but for, and so 
when they're running away, they threw the full rolls of toilet paper into the pine tree. And for months, years later, every time it got windy, toilet paper would fly out of the tree. And I was like, oh, that's the kind of pranks we did. Not that these yeah. kinds of shenanigans that make me like want to cry and scream all at the same time. And anywho, um, yes, sorry. Yeah. Continue. Well, I, I was just going to say that the other Oprah is that the idea that it's better to be friends with someone who's toxic than not. Because if I cut off that relationship, I'm going to lose all these other relationships and then I'll be alone and have no one. So it's better to have a toxic friend than no friends. And what I'm hoping to help this child through, maybe if I get the opportunity, is that they haven't come to realize that they actually do have a bunch of other friends in the building and support people and people who love this person and care about this person. And they don't need this toxic relationship to define them. But we'll see. I also, what I also had to work on over the weekend is locus of control, right? That's something I talk about with my students all the time. What is within our circle of control and what isn't? And I can control the messages I can control my attitude. I can control my tone. I can control my level of support and my ability to be in front of these children on the day that we came back on that Monday. But I could not control whether or not they received it, did anything with it, whether or not they felt remorse or were, you know, apologized. Like I I had no control over their, (laughs) their actions. And I had to sit with that and be okay with that. And I think being able to have the weekend to process through that was immensely helpful. I'm extremely grateful for the gift of time in that way. I'm extremely grateful for just the opportunity to process. Mm -hmm. I'm extremely grateful for my sister, Alexandra, for getting me off the couch and out of my Christmas jammies um, because it's not Christmas time. And friends, I had another friend who was like, hey, want to go for a walk and grab some beers? And I was like, yes, because it's a counselor friend and I just needed to bounce ideas off of them. So that was phenomenal. And just, you know, I'm so grateful for my team who was there to listen to the story on Monday morning and help me process through with the students um, that day and just continue to be a support. Because you guys, I think I said this already, but I I really felt like this situation broke me. I felt like I was broken and I was kind of worried I wasn't going to bounce back. Now, in my head, I knew I'm going to be okay with time. I know there'll be healing, but this was a doozy and I wasn't sure how, to what level I was going to be able to bounce back, given that we're exhausted, we're burnt out, we have compassion fatigue, vicarious trauma, yada, 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 yada. We are so close to the end of the school year, but it's never my ideal to just survive an army crawl to the end of the year. I still need to be able to be present for the kids and be the support that they need me to be, as I have said. So all that is to say, I think, how how I was able to process and the care the time that I took to care for self and kind of just hug myself through the weekend because I did, right? I was like, it'd be really nice to have a big teddy bear guy at home to give me a hug and tell me it's going to be okay. And I, I don't have that. And so I have to rely on other people and myself to give myself those hugs and say like, we got this trooper. It's going to be okay. Yeah. No, it, I mean, you're right. It's a doozy. And I think it's, completely reasonable and fair to question your work and what you're doing. I mean, I applaud you for not army. I started army crawling toward the end of the year back in October. Right. So, um, so yeah, if you're still going on and not there yet, that's, 
fantastic. But yeah, I mean, this is just what, what a situation and how it completely unfolded. And I think you did a smart thing to just take the time and listen to yourself and your body is for that self care. What, what else would you say that you've been trying? Cause this, it's not like the situation, this particular situation happened over a couple of days, but it's not like kids have stopped coming to your door or that things just slowed down or stopped because you had this one massive situation you had to mm-hmm. deal with. So what other things have you been doing for self care? Well, what I didn't do was, Drink. Now, I know I said my friend met me. We went for a walk and grabbed some beers, but that was it. And that was like during the day, afternoon, let's have a beer and process through everything. I think about a younger self or a younger version. If I had to go through this, I probably would have like hit the bottle and maybe like had a bottle of wine at home by myself that Friday night. And instead, I didn't do that, which I think was a gift. And I, I mean, I purposely and intentionally was like, I'm not, I'm not going to turn to that. I'm not going to turn to food and sink myself in chocolate and salty chips, which I have done on other occasions. <laughs> so yeah, I think I just, I allowed myself time to, to think through it, give myself the time to sleep in. Cause I do like sleeping and napping. I am a grizzly bear after all people well, and a Taurus. And especially after anything traumatic, Sleep is extremely important to help your body heal. It's just something I think we undervalue a lot of the time, but anything traumatic, that is one of the main things, which of course, during traumatic situations, which I think that's awesome that you were able to sleep in because even aside from Sean's death, other traumatic situations, your mind starts going and you're, you know, contemplating how to handle a situation and then you end up losing sleep over it. So I think that's awesome that you were able to... Well, I think that was another reason that I decided not to drink because sometimes when I do, I don't sleep well. Right. And I knew I needed to sleep this one through. And I did fall asleep to Columbo. (laughs) But I also, another thing. It's a different kind of beefy guy (laughs) to fall asleep with. I love that trench coat. I'm not a a fan of the cigars, but I love that trench coat. I forgot about the cigars. Uh Yeah. Like everywhere all the time. And I love the episodes where there are like maids running after him with ashtrays. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's hilarious. Oh, See? Good for this, giggles. Yeah. So mm-hmm. dreamy. Yeah. yeah. Who needs um, counting sheep? Just put on Columbo. It works. <laughs> so does Dateline for me. Don't oh judge. My God. I never understood why. I'll be like, I need something frou-frou, like the proposal. And Anna's like, I'm five seasons deep in Dateline. Yeah. It's not a lie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to, to wrap up, I think, well, this topic anyway, I think one of the other things that I did for, for care was when people invited me to get up off my couch and go for a walk or said, can I call you and can we talk or can I check in with you? I was like, yes. So that's not something I do very well, um, except help. I don't rely well on people and I I don't usually use other people's shoulders quite often. And so I was like, I have to, (laughs) this one was so big. I have to, I just have to be vulnerable. I have to tell my story. I have to process through this and cry, give my space, my space, my, remember my space? (laughs) (laughs) I just like had a flash of all the avatars I had on my my space page. (laughs) That's so funny. I was too, well, I think my space, I went by the time I got a phone or whatever. Yeah. I didn't do my space ever. 
Really? Yeah, never. Oh, mm-hmm. I did. And I remember I had this giraffe and it was running and it would fall down every three steps and then get back up and run and fall down. Yeah, way back then I was like, oh, this, this shows my life. I don't even know what that is referring to. That's so wild. Anyway, I am giving myself <laughs> space to feel the feels. And that, guys, is something that I think is so important is we try and shove down the feelings we think like, I don't want to feel angry. I don't want to feel sad. I don't feel good when I feel those things. But all the good psychs and therapists and counselors out there will say, sit sit with those feelings. Don't sit there forever. That, right. That gets concerning too. You don't want to stay there, but sit there, feel the feels, allow yourself to be sad, allow yourself the space to cry, be mad. Right. I, I, I had all sorts of imagery happening in my head and I didn't act on it. So that's good. Mm, Right. Yeah. But I allowed myself to be angry and disappointed. And then I move on. I think it opened up space being able to sit in that space, opened up other space to then process and move forward, which I think was really cool. So I think those were the major things I did. I didn't go for a pedicure. No. No. Well, that's one of the things I do for self-care. I like petties. Well, I like petties too when my toes are in a position to get one. That is true. That is true. How how are those toes? Well, left toe is not performing. I (laughs) don't know. I think we talked about it, but I had a procedure on one of my toes back over Christmas break. So it was like three months ago now. And it's just not quite where it needs to be in order for it to be out in public. And we're getting near spring and summer season where I need to be putting on flip flops. And this thing needs to get itself in gear. It's like Left Shark from um, that Katy Perry was that. um, Remember the Super Bowl when Left Shark wasn't doing what Right Shark was doing? Yeah, my left toe is not doing what right toe needs it to do in order to get a petty. Um. (laughs) is this like you need to go back to the podiatrist kind of I don't think so I mean we're like halfway there okay Bon Jovi Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah we're we're almost there how many musical references can Anna oh I've got I've got them thinking you you know what I want to do I'm thinking back to age of Aquarius from last episode We're going to create create the Russian sisters soundtrack. That's another thing I do. I listen to music and I'm like, let's pump it up. Pump, pump, pump it up. Totally. Mm -hmm. Any way that you can match exercise to your emotions and, and letting go of those emotions is this is, it's very crucial and important. And this is something that I have talked about when I have students who are struggling with learning and we'll say, you know, we're trying to think of ways to work on that memory. And I say, have them exercise while they're doing their math facts. Have them exercise while you're doing your spelling or your sight words because you'll retain it. So, yeah, sing it loud and proud and dance. Have a mm-hmm. dance party. I just commend you also tapping into that self-care. I think that's really important. And hopefully Lefto will start cooperating so that we can go get a petty together. I'd like that. Thank you. Yeah. Don't drop the nail polish bottle on the floor though. Oh my God. It, you guys, <laughs> I did that. I did. <laughs> Alexandra can't take me anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, let's relax and then have the nice petty people have to clean up the mess I made because when I dropped the nail polish bottle on the floor, I was really hoping it would bounce, right? Like how many times have you dropped nail polish bottles on the floor, but we were in a nice place with tile. Like I think they served up champagne as an offering. I don't even remember. I don't do that often, but on occasion. And then, yeah, I, it was like a great color. I was really excited about it. And then it dropped on the floor. I think it bounced off my flip-flop and onto the tile and shattered, y'all. Shattered. Shattered. And I was like, oh. It was one of those where you're like, oh, no. All over. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. It, it was, was embarrassing. Full. Self-care. What do you do? Petties? I do like petties. For the longest time, I always thought that that was a luxury and had to go through a whole thing about spending money on myself kind of thing. But I do enjoy pedicures. I like hot baths. That's been a big one. Mm. Um, I've really gotten into meditating recently. It's something I really enjoy. I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, nope, I just want to put on a show. Not Columbo or Dateline, I will say. It's we usually were- Father Brown from BBC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the British yes. shows. <laughs> um, but other times I'm like, no, cause so there's research that has been done by neuroscientists that talk about the last thing that you see or hear before you go to bed as you're falling asleep is what gets ingrained into your memory. So this is why in college people would say, read all your notes, like right before you go to bed. So if you're working on manifesting anything or wanting change in your life, if you bring it to mind right as you're falling asleep and you're in those higher brain waves, you're more likely to internalize them. That's so awesome that I'm watching murder. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, but we keep tabs. How are you doing? (laughs) You know, she thinks that the morning texts are like, oh, sweet. I'm on my way to work. No, just double checking (laughs) that everything was okay after Dateline. So what I've been trying to do is meditate right before I go to bed because that usually really calms my body and then I can go to sleep. But I will say I had a friend the other day and one of the things I've been trying, my therapist has been working with me about doing more self-care or being able to take more time for myself rather than the five minute shower at night and the five minute shower in the morning because I have to split my shower now up just because of Buddy. So I've been encouraged to go out and see friends and go do other things. And I'm working on that, working on finding a new babysitter and being able to do that. But I had a friend who I was talking to and I told her, I said, I think I want to go do a spa day one time and just treat myself to a spa day. And she's like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm getting a mommy makeover. And I got so excited for her. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. What, what's the mommy makeover? Like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Cause I'm thinking like facial in the morning, then I'm going to get a massage and then do Manny Petty or something. No. And you guys listening might be like, yeah, no, that's totally not what a mommy makeover is. No, it's nipping and tucking. And I totally get the reason why. And I support her decision. And I think this is amazing that she's doing that because it was the right thing for her to do for herself. I think what struck me was I don't ever hear about daddy makeovers. Right. (laughs) Now, granted, the men don't carry the babies, but they do have their sympathy weight that they gain, the sympathy emotions that they have. But I don't see anyone being like, dude, let's go get you some hair plugs, some hair transplants. Let's go uh, work on that beer gut, beer belly. Okay, I I know I'm being rude about that. But my point is, you don't hear ever. I've never heard someone be like, yeah, dude, you should should go check out getting some some plastic surgery, man. That's if you want to keep your looks. But the mommy makeover, and apparently it's very, like right after I had this conversation with her, I heard about it. They were talking about it on our local radio show too. Mm. And the exact same things that she was doing were on there. And again, totally supportive of her. I think that's amazing. I'm super excited for her. And I was just struck by that lack of equality. I don't know. I had to go on my my little PSA about this. But I was just like, no, no, we're going to create a daddy makeover or just get rid of both. Like just get rid of both. The feeling that you have to get nipped and tucked. Well, and some, right. Some people for their own self-worth like that need that. Oh, it's I not just a want. It's a need. 
I 100% understand that. I mean, I, this is a struggle that I've had post, you know, Buddy's almost three and I still don't feel like I am in the shape that I was before I got pregnant with him and it's, and it's been an up and down struggle and there's been a lot going on. And I do feel that societal pressure of why not? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. There, There were a lot of things going on right after Buddy was born. Yeah. And you are not alone. <laughs> Neither are you, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. You mentioned massage, I think. Did you mention mention massage? Mention massage? Uh, yes. I do like getting massages. In fact, you guys, I got my first one in like two and a half years. And it was a chair massage. I wanted to start my body back like back into it. I didn't want to subject my massager to like the knot and that is my body it is one big knot from like sitting in chairs and stress and carrying all of it all the time yeah. so I, I was like I'm just gonna go do a 30 minute chair massage and I love the place that we went to and I told them next time that I would do a, a table and probably for longer but the 30 minute chair massage was done by this Asian man with tree trunks for forearms <laughs> and boy did he get in the knots like yeah. I, I feel like he was like what the hell is wrong with this woman but he did mm-hmm. right by me for those 30 minutes I'm very grateful for that that's awesome and yeah. then he had to peel Anna off the chair then he had to peel my face because <laughs> it was suction cupped <laughs> into the chair I told Al <laughs> what did I tell you about oh I kept having to cough like yeah. my my muscles were so tight that every time he got around my scapula I was like <laughs> it's not COVID. <laughs> and then he had to peel my face out of the thing. Yeah. That's funny. Anywho, that's my story. So that's my story for the day. It's yeah. big. It's long. It's intense. I'm not going to apologize for it because it was life. It happened. Yeah. And I know I'm not alone. You're not alone. And hey, you want to know the bright side of the coin or a bright side today? Mm-hmm. I heard totally unrelated, but it's a bright sparkle in life. I heard that the American Senate brought up a bill and then passed it onto the House and they unanimously passed this bill saying that we might not have to change clocks anymore. I was doing the happy dance with this one. Huzzah. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Now that I'm still trying to get my child to sleep after this Ugh, crazy time change. Oy vey. It's such a nightmare. <laughs> oh boy. Such a nightmare. Do you know what Buddy says all the time? I'm going to tell you guys. You don't know what he says, but I'm going to tell you what he says all the time. And it's freaking adorable. Oh dear. <laughs> he does. And Alexander's like, I think that's our dad. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I could totally imagine our dad yeah. going, oh dear. He puts his hands on his hips. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. That's that's your grandpa. Mm-hmm. So that's what Buddy says. It's so cute. Are you ready for the STW joke of the day? I am. Are you? I am. And what's awesome is I was telling Alexander that I just bought this book off Schmamazon, 501 Best Dad Jokes. I'm sure there are a gajillion books out there, but it was like an Amazon bestseller and Whoa. it had like over 3,000 reviews and most of them were many stars. So I was like, this is the one. And I didn't have to search very far because there are like always lots to choose from. Mm. And then she's like, I have the book I bought for Sean still. And I was like, wait. Because I thought I lost it when we took a pause. And then inside that dad joke book was the piece of paper from the seafood restaurant we went to when we were in Seattle. I thought you already did this one, no? No, not all of them. There are 18, <laughs> oh, there are like right. eight there jokes on ones. here. And I think we got through four of them. That's but this is from when we went to Seattle yeah. and we did Sean's burial at sea. So this is mm-hmm. a very special thing. The very special piece of paper that was found in the dad joke book. 
And so I'm going to read, I think we're on the last one. So I'm going to do that. And if we did this one before and it's a repeat, then you know the answer and good. Yay. (laughs) But here we go. What kind of fish do you eat with peanut butter? I don't know. What? Give it a thought. What kind of fish do you eat with peanut butter? Oh, a jellyfish. (laughs) That's it, guys. That is it. A jellyfish. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take care of yourself for real. Do some self-care after this. We will chat with you soon. Yeah. Heck yeah. Very important to do something nice for yourself. Hug yourself. Hug someone else. Give yourself a high five in the mirror. Yes. Give yourself a high five in the mirror. Go tell people you love them. We don't tell people we love them enough. That's true. I love you, Alexandra. Oh, thanks. I love you too, Anna. Oh, you guys, we love you. And I hope you have a fabulous week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Russian sisters. For more, go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.